information about our ministry, go to jwaller.com. This is God's word. It is life to me. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. My mind is alert. I am awake. I'll never be the same again. For I'm about to receive the everlasting, all-powerful, incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Give the Lord a praise in the house if you believe it. God bless you. Go to Philippians chapter 2. We're starting a brand new series this morning entitled, Hashtag Happy Life. I mean, oh, God wants you to live a happy life. We're going to be looking at the book of Philippians over the next few weeks and talking about the happy life. The book of Philippians is the happiest book in all of the Bible. And we want to talk for a few minutes this morning how to be happy in an unhappy world. How to be happy in an unhappy world. Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. I'm going to be reading out of the Living Bible. So your translation will probably read a little different than mine this morning. But let's look at it. Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 5 in the Living Bible. It says this. Is there any such thing as Christians cheering each other up? Do you love me enough to want to help me? Does it mean anything to you that we are brothers in the Lord, sharing the same spirit? Are your hearts tender and sympathetic at all? Then make me truly happy by loving each other. Make me truly happy by loving each other and agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, working together with one heart and mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and what they are doing. Your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ. How to be happy in an unhappy world. May we bride and pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, we can't do anything without you this morning. In you we live. In you we move. In you we have our very being. Now teach us, instruct us, guide us, and lead us this morning. How to be happy in any situation. Whether we're in problems, whether we're in the valley or on top of the mountain. Show us how to be happy and to live in the joy of the Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus. Show up in this place this morning. Touch every person in every life. There are people who need you this morning. People who are tired of living an unhappy life. Make them laugh again. Make them laugh again. Make them laugh again. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a great big amen. The sad reality is people desire happiness over truth. In fact, one of the main goals of most people in a postmodern world is the pursuit of happiness. People would rather hear what makes them happy than the truth. I know because I could tell by your attitude when we were talking about tithing a few weeks ago. Some people don't really want to hear the truth. They would rather be happy. In fact, even our Constitution has emblazoned on its introduction life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
Sadly, many people will believe a lie as long as it makes them temporarily happy. But I believe better things about you. I believe better things about you. See, the book of the Philippians is the study of happiness entwined with truth. That the reality is you can't have real happiness until you're living in the truth found in God's word. So this is not a series that's going to lie to you. This is not a series uh, that's going to keep you in some euphoric state of bliss. This is a series where you're going to hear the truth. And the truth you hear and the truth you know will set you free. And I promise if you get set free, you're going to be the most happy. So I got some from now ons as we start this series. Is that all right this morning? Everybody say from now on. Now, see, you don't, you're not really, I can see I got my work cut out for me this morning. Okay. No, uh, God wants us to live a happy life. So we're going to draw a line in the sand this morning. And there's some places we're not going back to, no matter how comfortable they make us feel. There, there, there's some things we're leaving in this series. We are... Leaving Egypt and stepping into the promised land. There are some from now on. It used to be okay, but it's not okay anymore. I used to be able to get away with that, but I can't get away with that anymore. That was okay in that season, but I've graduated from second grade. I'm moving into third grade, a third grade into fourth grade. I, I can't do what I used to do. I have a from now on. This ain't for everybody, but for people who want to be free this morning, you need to, amen, grab a hold of the from now on. All right, so I want you to say it like you mean it. From now on. See, your neighbor did that a whole lot better than you did it. Uh, uh-huh. your, your neighbor is more serious about it uh, than you are. <laughs> One more time. How many are going to make this declaration of faith with me this morning? I've got three from now ons, and we're going to say them by faith. We're going to draw a line in the sand, and our life is changing starting today. No more depressed life. No more a hard life. No more difficult life. No more crying ourselves to sleep at night. No more lonely life. We're going to start enjoying life. We're going to start living the happy life. So from now on... Your happiness is your responsibility. Mm. God wants you to enjoy your life. The problem is when you go to other people and other things to make you happy. Instead of finding your happiness in God and what he is doing in your life. Your happiness from now on is your responsibility. Stop looking at somebody else to make you happy. Because on one hand, they'll make you happy. And on the next hand, uh, they, they will let you go. They'll say, Hosanna in the highest and crucify him all in one week. So from now on, your happiness has to be your responsibility. Are you ready for the second one? Shout from now on. We are not going to wait on our happiness. Today is the day of salvation. I'm not waiting till next week. I'm not waiting till next year. I'm not waiting till I have the credit card paid off. 
I'm not waiting till I get the promotion. I'm going to enjoy my life right here, right now, today. Today. When I leave this place, from now on, I'm going to enjoy my life. Enjoy where God has me. Enjoy what I'm doing. Enjoy the friends that I have. I'm going to, I'm going to, man, I'm going to drive my car with all the rust on it. Got to get a tetanus shot to get in it. Can I say amen? But I'm going to drive that thing. I'm going to get the French fries out of the floorboard and I'm going to be happy right here and right now. I'm not pushing my happiness away. I believe God is doing some stuff in my life today. I'm going to start enjoying my marriage today. I'm going to enjoy my husband today. I'm going to enjoy my wife today. I'm going to be happy right here and right now. I'm not waiting another day because look around, brothers and sisters. Uh, Take a snapshot in the mirror. You are not getting any younger. And if you are going, if you, if you, I'm hearing this for the first time myself. And so if you are going to enjoy your life, you better get busy doing it. You better get busy right here and right now. I'm going to enjoy my life right here and right now. And yeah, I'm expecting for more. Yeah, I'm believing for more. But I'm going to enjoy the journey. I'm going to enjoy where God has me now. I'm going to enjoy today while I'm looking at where I'm going. Talk back to me if you can. That I've got some dreams and some purpose on the inside that is changing my life. But I'm not going to be confused. I'm not going to be agitated. I'm not going to be angry because of it. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life to bring forth fruit. But I'm going to enjoy being a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in its season. And if I'm in winter season right now, then I'm going to enjoy the snow. I'm going to enjoy the wind. If I'm in springtime, I'm going to enjoy the rain. If I'm in summer, I'm going to enjoy the heat and the sunshine. If I'm in fall and leaves are falling, I'm going to enjoy the colors. I'm going to enjoy where God has me right here and right now. Give him praise if you believe it. Christ died so we can enjoy our lives. Because of his grace, no matter what state we are in, we can enjoy our life. The sad reality is, uh, in, in Dennis Watley's book, Are You Happy?, he states that 20%, 20% of Americans actually enjoy their life. If that's true, 8 out of 10 of you in here really aren't enjoying life. And I almost find it more, don't worry, I haven't forgot about our third from now on, just give me a second. Um, I find it's probably even higher in the church. You know why? Because you read the Bible and you see everything that you're not. You're reading the scriptures and you see, shoot, I'm not that. And I'm not that. And you get around in some of those books before long, you find out you're pretty messed up. Talk back to me if you can. And instead of Enjoying the presence of God and allowing God's grace to change you into his likeness. You take it upon yourself to change you and get frustrated when it doesn't work. And you're white knuckling it through life 
And before long, you're hating the life that Christ died to give you. But God has better things in store. How many want to live a happy life? Well, you're in the right place this morning. I feel, this is kind of prophetic, this last one. Can you handle that? Two of you can. See, because some of you have been through some hell in the last few weeks. Do I have a witness? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe the last year was bad. This is a prophetic word for you. Are you ready for it? From now on. From now on. Laughter is our default response. Laughter is our default response. God's going to make you laugh. See, God laughs at his enemies, Psalm 2 and 4. From his throne in heaven, the Lord laughs and mocks their feeble plans. God wants us to laugh because our dreams are coming to pass. Psalm 126 and 2, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. God wants to fill our mouths with laughter. Job 8.21, he will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. God wants us to find joy in his presence. Psalm 16.11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So our default response now is going to be laughter. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You don't have to be worried about it. You can laugh in the face of fear. You can laugh in the face of lack. You can laugh in the face of sickness. You can laugh in the face of poverty. You can laugh in the face of depression. You can laugh your way into victory. Amen. See, laughter releases a chemical in the brain called endorphins. The chemical is 10 times more powerful than the drug morphine when you laugh. Babies learn the art of laughter by the time they are four months old. How many kids are happy? You, you, you give them a popsicle and a scooter and they're going to have fun all afternoon. They don't care what's happening in Washington. They don't care about no recession. They got a popsicle, a Tootsie Pop, get a witness from somebody, and a teeter-totter. And they are having fun all afternoon. We are sitting up here worrying about things that don't even matter. Did you know children laugh 400 times per day? Adults only laugh 15 times per day. And we wonder why they've got joy and they're not worried. And we're sitting over here, uh, a bundle of nerves. The devil is a liar. I'm going to enjoy my life. Yeah, I mean, you could do what you want to, but our default response around here at MFH is going to be one of laughter because we know God has given us the victory. And so we're going to mock our enemies and rejoice in our God. And when the enemy comes in, we're just going to laugh about it because we know we've got the victory. See, when you look around, it can be hard to be happy in an unhappy world. You may be saying this morning, Pastor, I hear you. I would love to be happy, but there is so much in my life to be unhappy about. If that's you, this is the series for you. I would not miss one of these Sundays. Have you noticed it's easy to get happy but hard to stay happy? 
How many know what I'm talking about? Barbecue ribs make me happy. I get unhappy when they're not around anymore. (laughs) Well, this sermon's for you. Write this down. Happiness is an outcome. Write that down. Happiness is an outcome. You cannot exercise, consume, or acquire your way to happiness. If I just lost 50 pounds, I'd be happy. I didn't say that Andy Stanley said that, okay? You cannot exercise, consume. If I just had... If I just had that new car, if I just had that bigger TV or acquiring of wealth, that will not make you happy. Happiness is an outcome based upon principles that you employ in your life. Mm. So we're talking about the book of Philippians. Go to, but before we get there, go to Acts chapter 16, if you will, verses 6 through 10. I'm actually just going to pull out of there one verse, okay? Uh, verse number 9, Acts 16 and 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul is on his missionary journey in the middle of the night, they're trying to go to Asia. God, Holy Spirit stops him from going to Asia. In the middle of the night, uh, this man from Macedonia is pleading with him in a vision and says, come over here and help us. Right, as the, right after that, when they're going to Macedonia, they get to Macedonia and immediately Paul and Silas are locked up in jail. You know the story of Paul and Silas, right? That they were beaten with many stripes and put into the inner prison. And at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing praises to the Lord so loud that the prisoners heard them. And at midnight, the place was shaken. Their bonds were loosed. And every man's door was open. And the Philippian jailer, about ready to kill himself for he thought all of the prisoners had left and had fled away, Paul calls out to him and said, We are all here. And the Philippian jailer says, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household shall be saved. How many understand that story? So God had called them to go to Macedonia in a vision. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have this idea in my mind that if I'm doing the will of God, I'm not going to have any trouble. Uh... If you were real with your pastor this morning, especially something as powerful as seeing a vision, seeing a dream, and a man of Macedonia saying, please come and preach to us, I would think if there was anybody that should not be in prison, it should be Paul and Silas. They are praying, they are seeking the will of God, God speaks to them in a vision, and they're obedient enough to leave where they were and to go. They've obeyed God on every front, and yet they find themselves in prison. Have you ever been there before? Doing all you know how to do? I mean, everything was fine when you weren't coming to church. Everything was fine when you weren't trying to pray and read the Bible every day. Everything was okay until you started tithing. 
then all of a sudden as you begin to do the will of God for your life, it seemed like all hell started breaking loose in your life. You started finding yourselves in an inner prison. See, it's one thing to be in prison on the outside. It's another thing to have problems on the inside. It's one thing to have issues on the outside. It's another thing when those issues get on the inside. They were shut up in the inner prison. And I don't know about you. Just, I just, sometimes in my own life, I feel like, God, if I'm doing all this sacrificing for you, you should at least make it easy for me. How am I doing this morning? Uh, I woke up in my right mind this morning, didn't I? Hallelujah. You should, I mean, I go to church every Sunday. If anybody should have a problem, it ought not to be me. I mean, if you want to give somebody a, a problem, I could find about five or ten people that I know deserve the problem more than, y'all don't want to be that real with me, more, more than I do. Uh-huh. You have to learn how to be happy in an unhappy situation. You have to learn how to walk in the joy of the Lord no matter what situation you find yourself in. Write this down. This is your key concept. Happiness is more about who than what. Happiness is more about who than what. See, Paul could sing praises in the inner prison because he was focused on the who, not the what. See, we talk a lot about the Lord shook the jail. Boy, we could have just a Pentecost. Man, we could preach so loud it'd light your hair on fire if we're talking about the Lord shaking the jail. Do I have a witness from any Pentecostal people in here? Amen. Woo, woo, amen. We, we have a good time on that. But, but I want to focus on the other side of this is that Paul was able to be successful because he had a partner. He wasn't in the jail by himself. He had somebody he could lean on, somebody he could rely on. And I'm here to tell you when you focus on the who and not the what, you can get through anything. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why developing relationships here is so important. It's more than just having butts in seats. It's more than having a full church to preach to on Sunday morning. It's that I get something from you. And when I'm securely shut up in a, in a prison, I need a Silas. I need a Paul. I need somebody who's been where I've been and gone where I've gone. And they're able to say, Paul, we're going to make it. Let's just praise God a little bit because he inhabits the praises of his people. And if you and I will come together uh, and we will touch and agree. Uh, no telling what God could do. Uh, you need, uh, amen, some brothers in arms. Uh, you need some people uh, that can pull you out of the mess. Uh, that when life is unhappy, uh, you've got some happy people uh, in the midst of the storm, uh, in the midst of the problem uh, that can shed some happiness in your life. Paul was able to make it through because he had Silas. If they were focused on the what, they would have been upset because they were in prison. But they were focused on the who, that we can make it. Amen. Paul had Jesus. And if you don't have anybody, you got Jesus. 
Paul had Jesus and Paul had Silas. And because of that, he could be happy in any situation. Pastor, how am I to be happy in an unhappy world? Number one, listen, the health of your relationships determines the level of your happiness. The health of your relationships determine the level of your happiness. People can make you happy. People, not things. People can make you happy. And people can make you very unhappy. People can build up your happiness and people can train your happiness. So learning how to foster relationships that build you up and learning how to let go of relationships that drain you will determine the level of happiness that you live in. Everyone is not supposed to stay with you forever. Some people come into your life for a season. Some people leave your life for a season. Your life is like a parade. And people will come into your parade and people will leave your parade. You got to put the baton in your hand and keep leading your life. Just keep on marching. Because some bless you by staying. I'm going to give myself a high five. And some bless you by going. Some of you need to let go of people who are sucking the life out of you. If you want to be happy, find people that fill up your happiness gas tank. That aren't taking from you all of the time. But somebody, amen, who's not always going to tell you what you want to hear. Not, not somebody that's just, I mean, you need a friend. You need a friend who tell you, honey, that dress don't look good on you. You need a real friend. Somebody who's going to be with you, but you feel happy in their presence. Glory to God. Somebody that will build you up and not tear you down. Have you ever, you know, dated somebody and then you see them like 10 years later? Or 15 years later and you're like, what in the world? Was I thinking? One eyeball going this way, one eyeball going that way. You know you was desperate. Say amen to that. And the Lord pulled you out. Say amen. Mm-hmm. You got to let some people go. Look at your neighbor and say, let some people go, just not me. Let some people go, just not me, not me, not me, not me. All right, now I need to help you here for just a minute. You cannot have healthy relationships while you're afraid of being hurt. You cannot have a healthy relationship while you're afraid of being hurt. Your skittish attitude towards new people who enter your life will get in the way of a happy and fulfilling relationship. Some of you won't let anybody do anything nice for you because you think they have a hidden motive behind it. Because in your life, in your past, every time somebody did something nice for you, it always had uh, strings attached to it. So you get suspect the moment somebody wants to bless you. And it gets in the way of having a fulfilling relationship. How am I doing this morning? Uh Uh-huh. 
You cannot look at everyone as a threat. Some people are in your life to bless you. So relax and be happy. Thank God for the friends you have. Well, you're believing God for more. Amen. So God puts people on our life who will stretch us, tell us what we don't want to hear, and challenge our attitude because he's trying to get us free on the inside. He's getting us out of the inner prison. Proverbs 27, 17 says, You use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. Hallelujah. Here's some breakthrough for somebody. Grudges are a waste of time. And grudges are a waste of perfect happiness. Laugh when you can. Apologize when you should. And let go of what you cannot change. I don't care who has hurt you. Mom, dad, kids, grandkids, friends, co-workers, other believers. You need to let it go. Let it go today. If you don't forgive, there's no forgiveness for you. You expect others to have grace with you. And those who receive grace must be willing to give it. Or you're disqualified from receiving it. So I got to have the right relationships if I'm going to be happy. Number two, happiness isn't finding the right person. Happiness is being the right person. You cannot expect others to be their best for you and you only give half of yourself to them. I'm going to say that again. You cannot expect others to be their best for you and you give half of yourself to them. Being like Christ means you are willing to take inventory over your own life and change your stance in the midst of pain and the problems of life. Paul decided to be the right person for Silas. Silas decided to be the right person for Paul and God brought a miracle. Paul was not whining and worrying about what Silas was doing and Silas wasn't to Paul. They were both focused on being the right person. See, if you're single and you think that happiness is just finding a man, you are sadly mistaken. If you think it's about finding a woman and that's going to bring you happiness, you are sadly mistaken. Because marriage is hard. And there are times it, it is difficult. Going up the rough side of the mountain. Doing my best to make it in. Happiness is finding the right person. Happiness isn't finding the right person. Happiness is being the right person. <laughs> those, have you noticed those who, those who don't have any friends aren't friendly? You've never seen a friendly person who doesn't have friends. Isn't that interesting? If you come here and you're like, I've been coming and I don't have any friends, are you friendly? Or do you leave them at the last amen, you run out of here like your underwear's on fire? 
and then wonder why you don't have any friends. Listen, if you don't have friends, that's not our fault as a church. You got to be friendly. Luke 6.31 And just as you want men to do to you, do also to them. Just as you want men to do to you, do also to them. Just as you want men to do to you, do also to them. You want people to bless you? How many have you blessed? You want people to pray for you? How much time have you spent praying for them? You want people to understand you? Are you an understanding person? You want people to help you? How many people have you helped? Everything in the kingdom operates by what? Seed, time, and harvest. That's what we learned in our last service. Everything operates by seed, time, and harvest. If you need a harvest, you've got to be the right person. I'm, I'm making a decision. I'm going to be. I, I don't know about you, but I am going to be the person I want others to be to me. See, unhappiness is not the result of what happens to us. Mm-hmm. Unhappiness is the result of our perceived idea of what should happen to us. Paul and Silas weren't mad they were in prison. They weren't upset they were in prison. They were having a prayer meeting. In fact, if you read it, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to take stripes for the name of Jesus. They were happy. Can you imagine that? They were happy. They were happy that they took stripes upon their back for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Whoa. So unhappiness is not what happens to us. It's what we perceive should be happening to us. But if you go into each situation in life with an open mind, knowing that God has your back, that it's not about a destination, it's about your destiny, that it's not a specific place, but God can take you from this place to the next place to the next place and all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. You can rejoice and you can be the right person Amen. instead of looking for the right person. Come on, give God praise if you believe it. Popularity is when other people like you. Happiness is when you like yourself. I don't know about you. I'm making a decision to like me. All of me. My big hips. My man shoulders. My balding head. My hair's running away from my face. Uh, I'm going to love my five head. And I am going to rejoice in who God's made me to be. Because everywhere you go, there you are. And if you... Come on in here. And if you don't like you, it's going to be real hard for other people to like you. See, God died. He shed his blood so you could like you. But Pastor, you don't know what I've been through and you don't know the problems and you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but Jesus does. 
And Jesus still loves you. And he would have still died for you. And he shed his blood so you could put all that behind you and stop thinking about it. If God has forgiven you, if you've asked, listen to me, if you've asked God for forgiveness, God has forgiven you and he doesn't remember it anymore. See, we as humans, we have the ability to recall what has happened to us. But God has the spiritual power to be able to wipe his memory clean. The Bible says he casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. Translation, when I forgive you, it's completely forgiven. Stop bringing it up to me. I don't know what you're talking about. It's under the blood of Jesus. Now pick yourself up and move on and be the right person. Number three. And I'm getting ready to close here pretty quick, but not just yet. uh, Number three. That was number two. Number three. See, they start playing because they're trying to hurry me up. (laughs) Happiness is not a station you arrive at, but a manner of traveling. God told the boys to go, and they went. They weren't looking for a destination. They were living by divine destiny. Their destination wasn't Macedonia. Their destiny included Macedonia. And some of you are going through situations and issues right now and you think that is the end of the book for you. I'm here to tell you we serve the God who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if it's bad in chapter 13, chapter 14 is coming right on its heels and God is able to bring a message out of your mess. So happiness is an attitude you carry. Go to Romans 8, 35. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Do you wear your shouting shoes? Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Now keep that up there for me if you will. Yet in all these things, We are more than conquerors. Most people want to shout on being more than a conqueror. Bless God, Pastor. Yes, I'm more than a conqueror. No matter what I'm going through, I'm more than a conqueror. But the scripture says, in all these things. In what things? In peril. In nakedness. With the sword. With persecution. With problems with issues, with temptations, with trials, with arguing with your husband, arguing with your wife, a bad report from the doctor, not enough money in your pocket. In all of these things, God's not delivering me out of them. Some things he's delivering me through. In all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves us. In other words, I can be in the problem, the problem not be in me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I can be in the valley of the shadow of death and not have death on the inside of me. 
Greater is he that is in you, talk to me if you can, than he that is in the world. In all these things. I'm more than a conqueror. You know why? Because I got the right attitude. It's about a traveling attitude. That if I'm going through hell, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to build an apartment complex in hell. If I'm going through it, baby, I'm going to go through it. In all these things, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And when you understand that God is for you and he's not against you, when you understand that God is on the inside and he is the hope of glory, when you understand that you have the line of Judah roaring on the inside of you, you can be happy in all of these things. You have a yet in front of your problem. You got a yet in front of the issue. You've got a yet in front of the struggle. I know I'm going through it, but I refuse to let it define me. I know I was in prison, but I refuse to let that define me. I know I used to be hooked on methamphetamine, but I refuse to let that define me. I've been through a lot of situations and a lot of issues and a lot of problems, but I refuse to let any of that define me. I am a child of the living God, and God has put a yet in front of my problem, a yet in front of my pain, a yet in front of the struggle. I can go through it, but I'm not going to be in it. God is on the inside of me and I'm going to be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm going to be happy no matter what people say or what they think or how they judge me. Go ahead and talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to walk in the kingdom of God. I don't know where this is coming from. I'm going to walk in the kingdom of God and I'm going to allow God to be more than a conqueror. Through me. You didn't know the Holy Ghost had some ghetto. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. I've got a yet. Look at your neighbor and say, You have a yet. Tell them that you have a yet. You you have a yet. Uh-huh. So I got a praise in the midst of the pain. I've got a praise in the midst of the prison. I've got a praise when they've shackled me. I've got a praise when they've beaten me. I've got a praise when I'm misunderstood. I've got a praise. I got a praise on Sunday morning. I came up in here to give God praise because I refuse to be unhappy in an unhappy world. I'm going to be happy in an unhappy world. Cry yourself to sleep. But I've got God on the inside. And I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. If you know what I'm saying and you believe it jump on your feet give God 30 seconds of praise and say there's a yet in front of my problem there's a yet in front of my issue there's a yet in front of the trial I'm going to be happy in an unhappy world give him 30 seconds of praise remain on your feet you can conquer anything if there's a yet in front of it I am not defined by my what. I'm defined by my who. And my who is Jesus Christ. And him crucified. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Pastor, this sermon was for me. 
Today as I leave this place, I'm standing with you. I'm making a proclamation that from now on, my happiness is my responsibility. That from now on, I'm not going to wait on my happiness. And from now on, my default response is going to be one of laughter. If I was honest with you, Pastor, I feel like I'm Paul or I'm Silas. I feel like sometimes the devil has me in a couple of corners. But I'm not focused on my worries. 